Hello and welcome to Sounds Of, a podcast created by Drum and Brass with the support of the National Lottery and Leicestershire County Council, in which we explore the impact of music on our lives. My name is Kimberly Jones, and in today's episode I'm talking to fellow Drum and Brass director Julie Hoggarth about her experiences of learning and teaching people to play music. When Julie and I had this conversation, she'd recently curated an exhibition of images created by members of Leicester's Lo-Fi Photography Group in the Chapel Gallery in Bishop Street, Methodist Church in Leicester. The exhibition, called No Bars Music, featured portraits of 20 local musicians from diverse backgrounds in their rehearsal spaces from across the city. Julie also set up a beginner's brass band for children in the Saffron Lane area of Leicester. So today I'm talking to Julie Hoggarth, Director of Drum and Brass, who has recently finished a two-week exhibition of photographs at Bishop Street Methodist Church in Leicester. And welcome, Julie. Hello, fellow Director Kim. (laughs) (laughs) So for our listeners, tell us a little bit about you. I started out as an artist, a visual artist and a jeweller and came to music late in life. And I discovered in music the social and community aspects of being creative that were missing for me from visual arts. Mm. Arts can be very isolating. And as soon as I saw this group of people playing instruments together and striving together, Ensemble. Creating yeah, orchestras, bands, uh, yeah, the ensemble, trios, duets, the smallest band in the whole world. <laughs> um, it said something to me and and I I embraced that side of it. And at the same time coming into it in my 30s, I came with artist eyes and saw some strange things about music making Hmm. some things that didn't sit right with me um but at the same so it's always been a bit of a balancing act to take the brilliant stuff and um perhaps sidestep the the stuff that seems less inclusive and what stuff what 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 were those things that seemed less inclusive how did that how did that manifest itself? It's, it was expensive. Uh-huh. I had three children and I had them all learning a musical instrument. And in some cases, for some periods, they were learning two instruments and those lessons were expensive. Yeah. And then they were attending a, a community orchestra and that was more money. And then they were doing exams and that was more money. And then they were going on trips and that was more money. So it was it was expensive and it was excluding the kinds of children that I wanted to work with, which was why when I started working with Angela Kirk at Hazel Primary School yeah. and we put in the school for the kids there and it was all, I think we charged a pound a week and that that was, that was great. That, that was another new door opening for me. I thought, this is what I want to do. And it was brass, brass because for many reasons, that's a, um, a simple model where all the children play in the same key. Right. And right. we, yeah, 
So it's simpler music wise. Um, and it seemed to me that um, brass bands have this uh, culture and tradition of lending music, lending instruments, top quality instruments for free to children, teaching them fairly informally, you know, just as you go along. No need for music lessons. Go along to band, someone will look after you. You make your way up, you start playing with the band. It's community orientated, playing at fates, playing Christmas and festivals. Yeah, the, I mean, there are many different levels of brass bands. There's the high level contesting bands, but there's a lot of community bands which just exist to serve the community with music when they need it. Mm. That is a, a really good way in for people who've got, um, who, who don't have the money to pay for the private lessons and the one to one tuition. Yeah. It's a different way of learning as well. It's learning by being with others and learning to listen to others and time yourself with others. Whereas a lot of the private music learning is all about generating soloists, but we don't really need that many soloists, but we do really want people fill a band or an orchestra with their lovely instrumental sounds and bring their individual voices to the, to the whole thing. So you came to music later than most people most people start yeah. as young as children with with uh, music in their families and you came to it as somebody who was seeing it from the first time as, as a bit of an outsider and you've talked about the financial issues and um, exclusivity were there other areas of exclusivity that you noticed in the world of musicians it grew clear as things went on, that there wasn't much going on in the city for city children. Mm. That the, the orchestras tended to be on the outskirts in the, in, in the villages outside uh-huh. the city. A lot of the brass bands were outside the city. There wasn't much in the city going on for young people. And so that by its nature meant that most of the people playing the instruments in those groups and ensembles were from a small, narrow demographic, um, generally white, generally well off. Um, and it was getting a bit stale, like from about, well, 2011, I heard someone on Radio 3 say, you know, music composing is stale. Why is that? And it was because it's just the same people going into it and making the same old music for the same old people to play. So it really had got quite stuffy. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it felt to me necessary to open the doors, get some new influences, but new cultural influences, um, because that's just going to make it a bit more interesting, isn't it? <laughs> you know. You can't you can't keep doing the same old thing. You've got to have new influences and, and get new ideas and mix new people together to keep something alive and fresh. So bringing music into the city seems to be a good way to do that. And also you get a different um, different socioeconomic groups um, coming in there and with a, with different voices and different influences as well. Hence, brass of the south. Tell the listeners a little bit about the Brass of the South. Well, 
I can tell you today that I've just had an email to say it is carrying on. Yes. After the summer holidays, yes, it's going to carry on at Marriott Primary School on Mondays after school, again, in, in the city, on, on the Saffron Lane housing estate, which um, the school invited me to come along and do an after school club. And with conversations, we, we could see that it had potential to um, offer something different to Saffron Lane to offer music, uh, which gives them a, a sense of identity. And we were looking at specifically music as an addressing social issues. So mm, lack of academic attainment as children move from primary to secondary school was the primary one. That was, they weren't, they weren't thriving in secondary school. So we, we targeted that age of children, like eight to 14, to say, right, well, if you've got this band that's welcoming you back, um, you know, even when you've transitioned from primary to secondary school, that's some continuity. So that that's one thing. Then there's the skills, then there's the camaraderie, then there's the um, enjoyment of performance. And, and it was, we made a good case. We were helped by Brass Bands England to make a good case for funding. And we were funded to um, run the band for two years. And over the two years, we COVID hit us in the second year, and that was difficult. But in the first year, we had a residential tour where the children created their own music and did arts awards. We had a badge system where they could, you know, mark every step of their progress and community involvement. So, you know, a, a kind of a, a progression system like uh, Browners in and scouts and that if you like we had um played at two or three city festivals which brass bands hadn't played at so that was new audiences and we highlight was really playing at the christmas light switch on at the cap town hall wow that was so good so yes. take us forward now to the exhibition that you've just been running julie and tell us about the background behind that exhibition and, and what what it entailed from working with brass bands, but also from working with um, orchestras, you know, the summer music week that we did each year. Yes, that was your um, summer music camp, wasn't it, for young That's people. right, yes. A week of music making ending in a concert. Great model, and, and we particularly enjoyed how the children would come in as tiddlers with their massive cellos, but like through a few years later, they'd be taking little groups themselves and then maybe a little bit later they'd take a whole band and and then some of them like Griff Wadkin are now professional players and it and it sort of led them through that um I suppose developing their own nurturing qualities really for other for other children and leadership skills and leadership that's right so Griff is still really keen to work with with um, children in inner cities and that was great but it was a little bit all on its own and as I worked with um, more and more uh, groups I could see that there was a gap there was a gap between right lots and lots of children from different cultures might start learning an instrument wow. in whole class teaching say 
that hits the whole, all demographics, brilliant, but they don't progress because of all sorts of reasons. So it might not be a, a culture of music in that area. There might not be so much money. Um, maybe the, 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 there's nowhere for them to progress to in terms of bands. Mm -hmm. Because if they might look at a band or an orchestra and say, well, they don't look like me. Yeah. And so right. I felt that the need to show children who are starting out on their careers and their families that there are musicians who've um, achieved all sorts of different things. You know, you don't have to be a high flyer, but we had to have high flyers. But we also have people who really enjoy playing in local groups and and we wanted to open up open up the world of music and and hit again that transitional thing the gap so again like the the ultimate orchestras are just taking children and people players from a, a smaller demographic who they know how to continue. They know that they have to slug away. They know, you know, they're going to places and meeting people like them. And, you know, it's got to be wider. So opening up those opportunities. So it's um, about representation and about role models. It's about yeah. making, uh, letting young people see people who look like them being successful musicians or, or being people yeah. who play instruments. And, and making making them aware that, that, that that's an opportunity that's for them. Place for everybody, and there should be a music um, a musical ensemble for everybody. So tell us about your exhibition then. What exactly was in the exhibition? Twenty photographs of local musicians, and they were displayed with and accompanied by a soundtrack of the music played by those musicians so that was really interesting the soundtrack was very eclectic combining um ukrainian folk music with brass band music with rock music with soul and jazz and and classical and a great range of instruments yes yeah hurdy-gurdies and tabla uh brass and strings it was well when they were all in the same room it was like this is what an orchestra should look like not a 21st century orchestra should be looking like this mm -hmm. the potential was great oh how exciting well it started i mean um there will now be regular music events at bishop street oh. where people will uh, it's, it's going to be called 12 people can go in at 12 o'clock and hear musicians playing the beautiful grand piano or the organ or maybe other instruments it might be informal it might be more formal it might be an informal gathering you know like in the corner after the um the, the performance that we all did at that at the church where there was um, a tabla player and some children and a piano yes and then someone yes. singing as well yeah. and then then there was callie playing the crisp bag <laughs> <laughs> crunching the crisps in the rhythm crunching the crisps <laughs> Fantastic. it was it was really spontaneous yeah so it sounds like you've been energized by this judy that something that you thought you'd mm. put on and was an event and the event was now over 
has actually energized you to, to see new things and or to, to want new things to happen. People can't see the exhibition any longer, but if they want to um, engage with it, is, is it available online to them now? So all the images and links to music and additional material and interviews with all the artists uh, are available to see at www.nobarsmusic.com. Well, it's been really great to speak to you today. Thank you so much for making the time to come on the podcast mm -hmm. and tell us about, about yourself, a little bit about music. And just to finish off, I can see that music has made, getting involved in music has, has changed your life quite a lot. If you hadn't been involved in music up until the time you were in your 30s, and now you seem to be very, very involved and embedded in the world of music. Would you like to just say for our listeners why, why music is important in your life? I like music because it's creative and it can be transient it can be it can you can play a note and it can disappear mm. never to be but it, if you're playing with other people and you're creating this sort of music that sort of rises up and disappears this transient magic and that just seems really special to me to to be with others creating something that it's you know it's a moment it's a moment in time of togetherness cool well thank you so much it's been lovely speaking to you today goodbye for now thank you thanks kim you've been listening to sounds of a podcast created by drum and brass a community interest company f focusing on music for community well-being with safety inclusivity and diversity at its core Thank you for listening. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and you'll hear about the next episode as soon as it drops. And do take a look around the Drum and Brass website, drumandbrass.co.uk, to find out about our many other projects. Our special thanks go to our guest, Julie Hoggarth, to our funding partners, the National Lottery and Leicestershire County Council, to our producer, Davina Wilson, our technical support, John Sinclair, and to you for listening today. Drum and Brass, putting music in the community and the community in music. Mm -hmm.